Welcome to the MHI Cast, the show where we talk to the industry's best minds to uncover their supply chain stories. We explore real-world case studies and get unique perspectives on key trends and emerging technologies from every corner of the material handling, logistics, and supply chain space. Today, we're speaking with Kathy Fulton and Mark Richards from the American Logistics Aid Network. First and foremost, Kathy, Mark, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, but moreover, thank you for providing this information to MHI's members and MHI's communities. No doubt you both have your hands full uh, during this global pandemic. But let's jump right in. Can you first explain to the viewers who don't know, what is Allen and what does it do? Allen is the American Logistics Aid Network, and uh, Allen was formed uh, approximately 15 years ago, shortly after uh, Hurricane Katrina. And at the time, uh, there was a annual conference of supply chain professionals called CSCMP that was taking place. And part of what we saw as we were attending that conference was uh, the supply chain that just wasn't working as far as a response to uh, Katrina. And the other thing that we saw was that uh, people were walking around at the uh, the conference and talking about how they would love to help. They wish they could help. So there wasn't a vehicle for them to help. And that was really the uh, the birth of, of Allen. And we simply asked at a general session if anybody's interested in, in talking about how we as a profession might be able to respond and support tragedies and crisis like this. Uh, Let's meet at room 202 at, at uh, 3 o'clock, and we had 50 people show up. Uh, so it wasn't a surprise, but it was great to see the response that we had, just spontaneous response from this group. And then uh, from there, uh, we, we thought that this was going to be easy. Uh, we thought that uh, a hurricane or a tragedy happens. We'd have a database of people that had warehouses and trucks and material handling equipment that we could reach out to, and we would just connect them and off we'd go. Um, it has been nothing like that. It's been quite a journey over the 15 years and uh, much, much more complex than I ever imagined when we first uh, had people get involved. But since then, we have uh, been involved in literally every hurricane that's taken place, as well as other uh, crises such as the Flint water crisis and and wildfires in California and other places, tornadoes, uh, et cetera. And even as we go through the, uh, the COVID-19 um, crisis, there are other crises that happen, other tornadoes and, and such, and we're continuing to respond to those as well. So how has the response for the COVID-19 crisis been? The, the response that we've had uh, from the industry has been uh, phenomenal. We just in the last uh, week and a half, we've had over 50 people register to be a volunteer and, and help with Alan. So it's, it's been amazing. I have to tell you, every time that this happens, um, it just fills me and I'm sure others with uh, gratitude uh, for the, the folks that are out there responding and, and I'll just say pride in our profession. To give you an example, uh, we, as you can imagine, have had requests for uh, warehousing for uh, PPE equipment and movement of PPE equipment. Just last week, we had one uh, where a company was looking for 20,000 square feet of warehousing in uh, Tennessee. And within a half hour, we were able to help them with that. Reached out to one of the folks that has stepped up before to help Alan and those that are providing the relief effort. And they just said, sure, yeah, have them come by and, and 
again, quickly able to connect and, and make that happen. Just one example. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Therein lies the value of Alan and what you do. So kudos, hats off to you. Uh, in terms of the last few months, what's it been like for you at Allen? It's been like everybody else has been experiencing. Crazy. It, uh, there's just so much happening right now, and, and uh, things are changing by the minute. So for us at Allen, uh, we have, although we've been doing this for 15 years, this is unique. You know, we've never had a situation like this where it's been so widespread and so uh, so extreme. We've actually gone through a period that that I've been referring to as storming. You know, we're we're just doing our best to capture all the needs and, and connect people as we can. Uh, so it, it has been very very taxing, especially for Kathy, who uh, is uh, is the head of Allen, and and she's involved in in just about everything. So she's been working 24-7, and I'll just say as, as chair of the board, we really appreciate all that uh, that she has done, and we're doing our best to support her. But it has been a scramble. It has been a scramble. The past several, several weeks, um, as we've been watching this uh, COVID-19 uh, pandemic really spread across the, the nation, um, has been, you know, no other way to describe it except for wild. Um, it has been a very, very busy time for us. We continue to work with government partners, nonprofit partners, business partners, really to try and understand what is needed so that we can um, effectively respond as a nation. But that means things like uh, working with businesses to help them uh, know exactly how the non-pharmaceutical interventions affect their supply chain, helping them find resources, information about how to protect their workers. Um, it's, it's working with nonprofits uh, to help them find warehouse space or transportation. Uh, and we're getting more and more of those requests every day. Um, along with those uh, warehousing and transportation requests, we know that material handling plays a, a huge role in that. And then with our government partners, we actually help them understand what's going on with the other parts of the community. So helping them sense and respond to what's happening in the business world. Our supply chain's uh, up and operating. You know, we want to make sure that if the grocery supply chain is operating effectively, that, that government is not taking actions or making these non-pharmaceutical interventions that will slow the process, specifically around groceries. You know, some people have been critical of the supply chain as they've noticed shortages of certain goods. How do you think the supply chain has performed in the face of all of this, in the face of this crisis? I think that this crisis has really revealed interesting challenges with the way that we design our supply chain, right? We had both a supply shortage when we started because the shipments from China had been delayed, as well as a demand surge. And so that meant that there was a gap in our supply and uh, a gap in manufacturing. And it's just, we haven't caught up yet. I would say that, yeah, there were some factors that contributed to a unprecedented supply chain disruption, I'll say. Uh, but when you look at just the flow of products, when those products are available, it's been amazing to see how people have uh, responded. I've heard stories of distribution centers that have quadrupled their outbound volume during the last couple of weeks in order to meet the demand. So that's going from, say, five trucks a day to 20 trucks a day of a certain commodity. Uh, to me, that shows the uh, 
the agility, it shows the strength, um, it shows the ability to respond within the supply chain. So from a supply chain perspective, I think that it's performed even better than you might imagine. You know, the, the, it's really interesting with this pandemic crisis that we're dealing with. And, you know, I, I think we said that the past few weeks, and that's really been the U.S. response portion of it. We've been watching this since late January because of the, the impact that it's had on supply chains globally, right? So, so it's our responsibility to not just look at the direct impact because of the virus, but also what does it do to supply chains? We can learn from countries that have already been at this point in the crisis. Right. So China went through this in January and February. They have removed most of the restrictive policies. From a supply chain perspective, it, it really is less about the impacts the virus is having. There are lots of people who, who have gotten ill, many, many who have died. But on the supply chain side, it, it's less about those impacts and more about the policies that are preventing the supply chain from, uh, from moving. So what we're looking at is, okay, whenever it's time, whenever um, those restrictions are removed, how do we safely restart uh, the commercial activities? And what that means is how do we keep businesses in business in the interim? How do we keep workers employed? How do we shift workforce to support the needs that do exist based on additional capabilities that are now available within the, the marketplace? You know, as we went into this, we were at a period of the lowest unemployment in history. And we saw just within the past week a wild swing towards much higher unemployment. Unfortunately, those numbers over the week, next week are going to climb. From a, a supply chain and logistics perspective, it's how do we help as many businesses stay in business? And that's not Alan personally doing that, but helping to convene the conversation so that organizations can talk about their ideas and how, how they can best support their workforce. So ideas to keep people employed is absolutely going to change minute to minute. You know, people are going to continue to need to eat, right? So from, from that perspective, there is right now currently an increased demand for workforce around the grocery or food at home supply chain. And we are seeing resource sharing and workforce sharing happening between what would be food service businesses who may be supplying restaurants that are closed or takeout only right now. So those that workforce has, has kind of shifted to support the increased demand that the food at home sector is having. You know, manufacturing, for the most part, a lot of outside of food manufacturing is, is shuttered in many places. You know, I know that some businesses where they can continue to, to pay employees are doing so. What they're telling us is, hey, if there's anything we can do to support humanitarian activities, we would rather keep our workers engaged. We'll pay them to do the work, but we want to keep our workers engaged for as long as we can because it provides them value, right? It provides them morale to be able to know that, hey, maybe before this I was making widgets or I was operating a forklift for widgets. Now I'm operating a forklift that is pallet full of face shields that a doctor on the front line is going to be able to use. And I get a little bit emotional about this because really it is it's that spirit of wanting to give back that people outside of our industry, outside of the supply chain, don't always see, they don't always know. But we know that, that businesses 
really want to help. We're trying to do everything we can uh, to provide a way for them to do so. Well, I'll tell you, Kathy, all the power to you. What you're doing is is actually helping all of us in in your work. So thank you. Uh, Next question for you is, what are some of the disaster-related mistakes that you've seen logistics professionals repeatedly make during a disaster? And in hindsight, what do you wish you could tell these well-intentioned people? It's all well-intentioned, but what can happen is um, someone sees a need. They say, I want to help with that need. And then they start creating something that's already in place. So again, it's it's not doing something that's wrong necessarily. It's just not taking advantage of the resources, the processes, uh, partnerships that are already in existence and supporting them. To me, what people can do is, one, become involved with Allen because we can help them make the connection to the people that already have that supply chain in, in place. And, and one of the other things that we talk about a lot is don't start sending stuff because that doesn't accomplish anything. Uh, instead, uh, what we need to do is have people that step up and say, I can do this part of the supply chain. This is my expertise. This is what I do. And then connect them with people that they can help support that can uh, make all this come together. Uh, and obviously financial. You know, It's always more helpful to provide financial resources that can go to supporting the response versus, again, sending just product or stuff, maybe going the wrong place, wrong quantity, wrong amount, et cetera. That's a good point. In your opinion, how are the needs for responding to COVID-19 different from other crises? I think what has changed is really the products that are being moved. So after tornadoes or hurricanes, for example, we see a lot of requests to move cleaning supplies uh, that will go to individuals. Right now, we're seeing a lot of requests for support to move personal protective equipment that will go to doctors and nurses. So while the fundamental services that are needed are really not that different, it's who they're helping and how they're helping them that have changed for, um, for this crisis, for the virus. You know, the, what's really interesting about the need to social distance has absolutely affected the logistics industry in particular. You know, I'm a little bit of a Trekkie, so I remind people that we, know we don't yet have replicators or transporters we still require people primarily to go into warehouses and pick products and put them on a truck and someone to drive that truck to a, to another location and, and have it offloaded. So that means that people come into contact with one another. One of the great things that we're seeing is tremendous innovation by warehouses to minimize that contact, to protect not just their staff, but also protect the drivers who are coming into their facilities, right? So they're doing sort of a touchless exchange of paperwork now. So rather than a driver walking in and handing over his paperwork and getting something to sign, now that driver may come in and scan the paperwork and someone you know, behind the screen will receive it and spits out a printout or, or whatever it is that the driver needs. I think that from that perspective, I'm actually a little bit excited by the innovation that's happening and um, because I think that ultimately those things have potential to reduce friction in the supply chain. The more that we can expedite and you know, this thing actually can speed up the process without taking away the personal touch, the more that we can do that, it helps mitigate the virus, but it also it ultimately speeds up the flow, the velocity of, of products. 
What I love about the Allen organization is that we are comprised of 30 plus different associations that touch all aspects of the supply chain. So we're able to talk to the people in who run cold storage warehouses and talk to the people who manufacture equipment and talk to the people who, who drive trucks and say, tell us what you're doing to protect your workforce because there are common concerns here. And we're providing those resources uh, out to others so that they can then take what is relevant for their particular workforce and implement it in a way that, that makes sense to them. There's not one single answer. You know, a truck driver's needs are different than a forklift operator's needs are different than a procurement specialist's needs, right? All of those people have different concerns, different levels of contact with, with the public. But what we can do is we can take all of those really good ideas and we can make sure that they get to the associations and then out to the, the businesses and implement them. So, you know, whether it's just a, a link to a document or a map that shows where what non-pharmaceutical interventions have occurred by state, Allen is that resource, can provide those resources, is providing those resources for the logistics and supply chain community right now. If they can't find what they need on the allenaid.org website, there's a, there's a contact us link on the website. They can shoot us a note there. They can give us a call. Our phone number is on the website. The goal is that, you know, 95% of the questions that a supply chain professional is going to have are going to be answered by either the map or the link. Short of that, we have a great team of volunteers who love to do research. They love to go and dig on obscure governor's websites to, to figure out exactly what the situation on the ground is and, and help answer those questions. So Alan has recently made an incredible new resource available. Can you tell us a bit about your new map? So by state or by county, you'll be able to see all of the policy restrictions or policy waivers that are in place. So we know that right now there's a nationwide waiver on truck driver hours of service. So that would be noted on there, but there may be a, a particular county restriction on curfew. There may be a statewide restriction. And so those policies exist at multiple levels across the country. The map, you'll be able to see by county level what restrictions are in place. It will also display different infrastructure, common shared infrastructure, so airports and ports and border crossings will also be represented. Uh, you'll be able to see the status of each of those shared infrastructure pieces so that things that you need, you know, access to those facilities that you need to, to keep your business moving will be available to you. We're making that map free to nonprofits and businesses who need to move supplies with the goal that even once all of this is over with, it will still be there for people during snowstorms or during hurricanes or during floods because those weather restrictions, those things that get shut down because of weather or because of policy still have a potential to inhibit the flow of commercial activities. We are thoroughly excited about being able to provide this along with our partner. And one of the, the backstories to this is that it, it couldn't happen without the, I'll say, army of volunteers that we have out there now that is collecting the data that then feeds this map. So this team is going out and they're finding current information on closures. Uh, is a truck stop open or not? Is a rest area open or not? By them doing all that legwork, it, it makes a tool available that, as Kathy mentioned, anyone can use and go to one place. You know, it's 
we're all starved for time and we're all looking for ways to find information easily. This is going to help us accomplish that. Well, I tell you, I'd like to draw to a close now, but before we do, Mark, Kathy, once again, thank you. Thank you both for the work you're doing with Alan and thank you for the value, tremendous value that you all are bringing to the supply chain and, and our industry. Uh, especially the map, which sounds like an incredible resource. And so encourage all of our listeners who want to access the map or who want to access Alan's other resources, check them out online. Go to alanaid.org. There's also information uh, available for people who want to get involved, donate funds, equipment, or even their time. If you enjoyed this episode of MHICast, click subscribe today and never miss an episode. Thank you for listening to this MHI cast featuring Kathy Fulton and Mark Richards. At MHI, we never stop exploring new opportunities to help you take your manufacturing and supply chain operations to the next level of success. Thanks for making us part of your professional development journey.